0: Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, Let's get to our next story. The Dust, written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow. It was 6.50 a.m. Leslie put the key into the lock in the large oak door. She turned the key and pushed the handle. The hinges creaked open. She stood there in the doorway as light from the partially open door streamed into the dark office space. She saw something. It moved through the light towards the back of the office. The bright morning sun was like a wedge of light in the office. Leslie had just seen something solid go through it. Of course, it could have been a shadow, maybe from a bird, a shadow up against the wall. Yes, that was it. What else could it have been? Leslie looked more closely at the beam of light in the dark office. Coming in and out of the light were hundreds of specks of dust, or thousands, or was it millions? She watched the dance of these little particles swirling through the light. She noticed little tiny fibers, perhaps hairs, and minuscule pieces of what? Earth? Carpet? Skin? As the tiny particles floated in their airborne dance, Leslie was amazed how they totally disappeared in the shadows. The instant they were out of the wedge of light, they were gone. They weren't really gone. They weren't visible, though. She looked hard. She couldn't see them. In the stream of light, though, there they were, dancing. How old were these particles of dust? Were they left over from the last time the office was vacuumed? Were they one week old or a month old, a year, a century? Who knew what was actually swirling through that room? How could Leslie know what she was actually breathing? These tiny particles, hidden in the shadows, were part of her, inside her, each time she took a breath. Leslie cleared her throat and turned on the lights. The dance disappeared. She walked through the hall to the office area. This building was more than a 100 years old. It had been sold numerous times. The original owner had gone bankrupt some 60 years ago. Leslie's company had been here for about a year. It was true This building had more space than their last building, but after the move, Leslie had noticed a new air of distrust. People didn't seem to get along as well as they once did. Lately, this feeling had intensified. At her desk was another bright pink piece of paper, just like the others. This one had only one word, bitch. She sat down on her chair, stretched out her arms, brought her fingers to the back of her head, and scratched. Who was doing this? The first piece of paper she had received said, Control freak. Then she had received another that said, "Uptight." Another said, Know it all. Her brain turned its gears. She ran through the people in the office. Who was leaving her these messages? She had arrived early today, and she had been the last one to leave the office last night. Whoever was doing this was doing it long after office hours. She hadn't told anyone else about this. That seemed risky. Since the move, people seemed more competitive than cooperative. Even though she worked with them every day, she didn't trust her co-workers. A new common phrase around the office had become, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Hi, Leslie. It was the owner of the company. Oh, good morning, Chuck. Nice to see you. I like that tie. You're in early, aren't you? I woke up early and decided I might as well get started with payroll. The staff likes it when they get paid. Thank you, Leslie. You're a hard worker, and I appreciate all the time you give to our business. Chuck paused for a second. He looked like he wanted to say something important. He opened his mouth and stopped. Well, let's have a good day. Chuck went into his office. Leslie wondered, could it be Chuck? Of course, it could be. It could be anyone. As the clock was chiming eight o'clock, the star salesman, Steve, strolled in. He said to Leslie, what's up, raggedy Ann? Not much, Hulk. How you doing? If I was doing any better, it wouldn't be legal. Maybe it was Steve. He loved a good practical joke. But this didn't seem like a joke. At 11.30, the office was abuzz with work. All 15 office employees and several of the traveling sales staff were in the office. A symphony of voices, keyboard taps, and the churning of the printer were the background sounds to Leslie's thoughts. A plan had hatched. Tonight she would find out who was leaving these stupid notes. For dinner that night, she grilled a chicken breast, shredded it, and mixed it with assorted baby greens, pears, and blue cheese, then a few walnut halves. It was delicious with a bit of poppy seed dressing. She cleaned up and went back to the office. It was nearly 8 p.m. when she arrived. The last rays of the sun were streaming through the west window. She didn't turn on the office lights. She saw the dust swirling, dancing through a slice of sunlit air. Since she had parked her car a block away, no one would know she was here. This was her mission, and her mission alone. As she watched the tiny particles float through the air, Leslie finalized her plan. She would sit behind the workstation that housed the supply cabinet and printer. From there, she could see the whole office. She would catch the person who found time to come in after hours and put a juvenile note on her desk. She would give him A piece of her mind. The room grew dark. She felt a little chill. She looked over to where Margaret's desk had been. Margaret had died last month. She had a heart attack after arriving early at the office. Chuck found her. It was an uneasy feeling to be alone in the same room where someone had recently died. Margaret wasn't the only one to die in this room. Leslie thought about the dreadful history of the building, how that original owner had refused to leave and was eventually shot dead by police, but not before he shot and killed two people, all in this same room. Leslie tried to calm herself down and in the process grew sleepy. She sat on the floor and involuntarily closed her eyes. When she awoke, It was 2 a.m. Leslie got up and walked to her desk. No new paper. She let out a sigh of relief. With her pen flashlight, she looked about the office. It was eerily quiet. An idea came to her. She walked towards Chuck's office. She shined the light on his desk. If she opened the desk drawers, would she find pieces of pink paper? She opened one of the drawers. There was a stapler, glue sticks, and paper clips. She opened another drawer. It was filled with paper, all kinds, but no bright pink paper like the ones that had been left on her desk. In the third drawer, she found a notebook. She flipped it open. There were random notes, something about vacation possibilities and building upgrades. She went to put the notebook back, but noticed an orange piece of paper. It said, Bank Fraud. The clear printing was the same as her notes. Under that paper were two more. Closed now. And death. Leslie didn't know what to think. She put the pieces of paper and the notebook back in the drawer, shut it, and walked out of the office. It appeared someone was leaving notes for Chuck as well. Why hadn't he said anything? Leslie walked to the sales office. She went inside and over to Steve's desk. She carefully looked through the various drawers. In his top drawer, she found a couple of red papers with the same clear printing on them. Liar. And the other saying, phony. She returned to her spot behind the copier and sat back on the floor. She wasn't the only one getting the notes. Why hadn't anyone said anything to her? Why hadn't she checked with them? Had Margaret been getting the notes too? Leslie walked through the dark office over to the storage closet. She opened the door and saw Margaret's desk pushed against the unfinished wall. In the quiet of the closet, Leslie was overcome with sadness. She wasn't close to Margaret, but she had liked her. The image of the body bag being wheeled out of the office entered her mind. Poor Margaret. Opening the drawers one by one, Leslie searched for a note. There it was, in the bottom drawer. Three pieces of yellow paper with the all-too-familiar printing on them. Stupid. Friendless. Incompetent. Leslie gasped and then broke out into tears. No one should be treated like that. Margaret was a faithful person. She was always there to be relied upon. Was everyone in the office getting these notes? Did no one trust the office staff enough to say something? What was going on here? It didn't used to be like this. Leslie wiped her nose and cheeks and returned to her hiding place. She sat down and thought, I wish Margaret would have trusted me. A minute later, she scratched her wrist. The hair on her arm was standing up. She could somehow feel that this was the moment. Someone was about to arrive. Or could it be that someone was already here? Perhaps he was here watching her. Or he was hiding in the ceiling, looking through the ductwork, through a vent. Perhaps somebody was dressed all in black, and was standing right here in the office, and she couldn't see him, Leslie began to bite her lip, trying to keep it from trembling. Her attention went to a rustling sound on the shelf next to the copier. A stack of white paper rose into the air, and from under it, a piece of pink paper began to move. It was now in the air as if someone was carrying it. Leslie stood up, dumbfounded, and walked toward the paper. She had to see. It couldn't actually be happening like this, could it? She must be imagining it. The paper was slowly moving through the air, but no one was holding it. She shined her flashlight on her desk as the paper landed. No one was there. Just the dust, shining in the beam of the flashlight. But for an instant, Leslie thought she could make out the shape of a hand in those specks of dust. A marking pen was moving now, a word being formed. Leslie looked on in horror. Time is The marker moved cleanly across the paper. Up. Leslie tried to catch her breath. In the stream of light, she saw a shadowy head being formed out of the dust. A skull with sunken eyes. An angry voice said, This is my building. Kill or be killed. The skull began to scream, its mouth wide open, its teeth shining in the light. Leslie fell backwards and cringed. She was paralyzed in fear. She lost her balance and slipped all the way to the ground, the light still in her hand. The scream continued. The beam of light shined toward the skull, which was now cracking apart. It broke into a thousand tiny pieces and swirled into the invisible shadows. The scream echoed throughout the room and then stopped. Leslie saw the dust in the beam of light. That was the dust that Leslie breathed every day. Each day, the whole staff breathed it. Leslie choked. She grabbed her throat. She couldn't swallow, couldn't move. She took a stunted breath and lost consciousness. In her hand, The flashlight burned steady, pointing toward the ceiling, and in the beam of light, the dust danced. Now, a new face slowly appeared in the light. It was the gentle face of Margaret. Her hands came into focus. They stroked Leslie's head and pushed back her hair. Leslie awoke and opened her eyes. She saw the face of Margaret, smiling at her in the beam of light. Leslie could scarce believe what she was seeing. Her hand holding the flashlight slipped down. The dust became invisible. And so did Margaret. In that moment, lying on the floor of the office, Leslie felt something new. Or was it something old? It was just a speck, a tiny fragment. But Leslie could clearly feel it. It was trust coming back into her life. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.